This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning, one and all. Welcome along here to the uh, show that brings smiles to many faces. Those, those of you out there who love to garden, this is your show. And here's the gal responsible for it all, Charlie Dobbin. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frankie. You're bringing a smile to my face, I'll oh, tell you. that's good. That's <laughs> I why miss we're, you. That's why we're here. Yeah. Um, how goes your week thus far? Well, my week actually goes quite interestingly. I'll tell you a little bit more about it, but I just quickly wanted to ask you, how deep is the mud at your place right now? Oh, yeah. It's getting the, the laneway in from the forest yeah. to our log cabin. Yeah. <laughs> getting pretty muddy. <laughs> and you? Well, we, you know, it's interesting. I was in Whitby teaching students yesterday, and it's all green, like right across the 401 corridor from where I live near Belleville, right to Whitby, not, not a bit of snow. But back at my house, there was a couple inches of snow, which has mostly melted away since it rained all night. But um, I did take advantage of the mild weather and the very thawing kind of conditions that have been going on. Not, not even thawing, but lack of freezing conditions. I teach an introduction to soil science. So yesterday we did a lab called Soil Your Underpants. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Okay, imagine what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You've made my day. That that, that pretty well covers it all. Uh, well, now, <laughs> well, the students got a real kick out of it. I'll tell you, but you know well, what? Yeah. I'll, I'll, that's my teaser. You do your job, give the numbers, and then if we have time, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what soil your underpants is all about. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Okay, <laughs> here in in Toronto, call this number to reach Charlie four one six three six zero. 0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free, of course, 1 866 740 740. A reminder to call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first time caller, oop, I gotta reach way over. There we are. There's the bell uh, that uh, is reserved for first time callers. Okay, Charlie? Yeah, we like that one. Uh, okay, so do I have I have another minute here? Yeah. All right, so imagine what soil your underpants mean. Um, what I did was I set up my students. I have groups of 10 students four different times over a four-hour period, uh, one-hour lab. So it's very – I'm like a broken record for every hour for four hours. And I set them up in pairs, and they have cotton briefs. 
so cotton underwear, men's underwear, and out we went into the garden at uh, Durham College in Whitby, and we buried the underpants. After they had written their names on the waistband of the underpants, we buried the underpants. And of course, it's January, which is a an odd time to be burying underpants at the best of times, but uh, the idea is that when the semester's over, at the middle of, of April, then we'll go back out, we'll dig up the underpants, they'll be able to find them by the waistbands and identify them by the names on the waistbands, but hopefully there will be no underpants left, just the elastic waistbands because of the life and the biology and all the organisms in the soil. Okay, and I thought a little liner we can precede this wonderful event with. Don't be a party pooper. Join the Soil Your Underpants movement. Okay. <laughs> we'll... Oh, Frank, you always have them. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie and I will be back in just a moment. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And, of course, Frank Proctor in studio here at the uh, Liberty uh, Street, Liberty Village, there we go, location. And Charlie, way off in the distance to the east in Prince Edward County. And we've got Gloria on the line from just around the corner here in Toronto. Good morning, Gloria. Welcome to the show. Uh, Good morning, uh, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Nice to talk to you again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was talking to you, Charlie, about three weeks ago, I believe. I don't know if you remember, but I have a huge hibiscus. I bring mm-hmm. it in from the outdoors uh, to, you know, to weather the, the winter inside. Mm-hmm. And it's it's got a small skylight that uh, gives it light. Mm-hmm. Not, I'd like it to have more light, but that's all I have. Mm-hmm. And um, you said to take it back about one-third, which I did, but... Uh, it decided to st- start dropping all its leaves, and mm-hmm. I've only got one. Th- I've got about a quarter of the uh, plant with leaves, uh, mm-hmm. and the rest is all died. So right. I, and I, it, it does get white fly, uh, that tiny, tiny white flies, yes. and I treat it with Bug Be Gone, mm-hmm. and uh, I even treated it with um, it was another. Uh, Something else. Oh, three and one. Three and one. I even tried oh, yeah. it with three and one. Uh, what yeah. can I do? Is this going to uh, completely die altogether? Well, tell me where the majority of leaves have been falling from. Are they newer leaves up on the tips or are they older leaves down from the bottom? They're completely on um, on the opposite side of where the, the light is hitting this plant. Every year it didn't it would drop leaves but it mm-hmm. wouldn't die completely. Mm-hmm. It's um if you're looking at my plant, um I cut it back. It was six feet high. It's mm-hmm. huge. I had to have a man bring it into my home. Mm-hmm. Um 
uh, one side of the plant, I'd say about three quarters of it, has died completely. All the leaves have died back. Mm-hmm. They get crispy and they fall off. Mm-hmm. The side that gets most of the light from this skylight, I wish I had more light, but I don't, um, It's the, the leaves are still green, and I'm just hoping they stay on. Okay, so a couple of things are going on here. Is One thing, if the plant is that big and that big of a pot and super heavy and stuff, one thing I would do is I would get a little dolly. So it's a dolly, it's just like a little platform with wheels that the plant will sit on top of, and then you can wheel it around your house. You can also turn the plant under the skylight so that you at least are sharing some of that limited light with the entire plant, not just one part of it. Whitefly is a very, very, very common pest of hibiscus, particularly in the wintertime. Um, and so, so the plant, you have to realize the plant is under stress for a couple of reasons. One is it's under stress from lack of light. Um, it's also probably fairly dry, low humidity in your home, which again, hibiscus love the tropics, give me 80% humidity and that's a happy plant. So you've got the, the dry uh, atmosphere, you've got the low light conditions. Uh, you have to be very careful to not overwater when you've got those kind of conditions because it's easy to think, oh, it's Sunday, it's today's watering day. But if the plant is not using much water, it certainly is very easy to overwater it. And then add the insects, the insect pests into the equation. And of course, white fly have little mouse parts that are like a straw. So they, they pierce the leaves generally from the underside of the leaves mm-hmm. with their little mouse parts and then they drink whatever liquids come out of the plants and then they fly and move on and do it again somewhere else. So that, you know, so the poor plant is, is actually pr- struggling, obviously. What, if at all possible, I would try and supplement your light. Like I would consider a grow light if you can consider such a thing, even just a simple spotlight type, you know, clamp on light or just something to increase your light levels and that will help with some of the stress. Mm -hmm. Do whatever you can to increase humidity. That might include uh, just bringing other, yeah, often if we bring our plants together, they share each other's evaporation so they kind of raise the humidity around themselves but if a plant is infested with white fly you don't really want to bring more plants close to it if it's too big of a plant to just lift it up and start setting up a pebble tray even just some buckets of water sitting close to the plant where the water is evaporating around it will increase the humidity just for the next two months right it's just to get it through the the, the winter um and then obviously no fertilizer be very very careful with the watering it's imagine a big heavy pot so even though the surface of the soil might feel dry, there might be lots of moisture still down below. So if you are in a garden center or you're doing some online shopping, get yourself a moisture meter. A moisture meter is just a little probe, goes down about a foot, uh, you know, roughly, um, you know, 15 centimeters or so into the soil and will tell you moisture levels down at that point. So well below the surface and it'll tell you, you know, wet, dry and in between. So that can help with big pots when it comes to when do I water. Um, and, and the main thing is, let's see if we can get it through this winter. I think you'll find that the defoliated branches where there's no leaves right now are not actually dead. They're probably actually still alive. They're just not functioning. They're not 
they're not photosynthesizing, they had insufficient light to maintain their leaves, they've dropped their leaves. If you can get some light onto the plant, you'll find that the plant will grow new leaves that will be um, set up to deal with the low light levels that the plant is in now versus what it was last summer outside. I've done everything you've said except a, a meter. I, I've had this plant for six years, so I mm-hmm. know I don't overwater, but I missed I just missed Good. this before I came down today. I'm just worried that the leaves that have gone crispy, and, and I just have branches, mm-hmm. uh, will they grow, uh, will they start to grow leaves uh, when they when they start to, uh, when the weather starts to get warmer? I, I can't move this plant around, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Charlie. No, I understand. It's, it's no. huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's yeah. heavy. And I'm a senior citizen. Sure. <laughs> no, I understand. Young. That's why I was saying, like, a dolly can help, because then you can, you can actually spin the plant without lifting it at all. But, of course, you got to get it on the dolly first. Um, Yeah. So, you know what? Hibiscus are very tough plants. They're very hard to kill. So I believe that you probably have life in those branches that have no leaves, but they just need conditions to be better conditions for growing. So higher light, you know, if I can more. get, well, I don't know. Right now, I can't get into the, the store that I usually mm-hmm. go to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're not allowing people in. You see, sure. that, there, there's my problem. I have to, I have to get Can you try giving them a call? They might do curbside pickup, and if you know what you want, uh-huh. they might be able to put it together, and it just be a matter of picking it up outside Yeah, I'm, by I'm, phoning. Okay, then I'll I'll try to do that. I know. It is as long as it will start, I, I'm just worried. I know mm. if it's, it's the other side of the plant is living, mm. and I hope it stays alive. Gloria, yeah. Gloria, I'm sorry, we have to kind of bring it's this okay, to a halt. Okay, dear, I, I, I've I've okay. got my information. Thank you <laughs> okay. so much. Thank you. Uh, we're <laughs> kind of extending our time quite a bit on that particular call, and I appreciate the the problems that the poor lady is going through there. But let's move along. We have uh, an email and. In fact, we got several emails that we'll try to get to today. And I love this note from Elaine and Bob Cajun. And you have noted the perfect question to start 2021 off. She says, Happy New Year, Charlie and Frank. You have the best theme talk show of all. It's so joyful and gives people a feeling they can get control of at least one thing in their life simply by asking one question. So here's the one question for you. Why wouldn't you think that it's a good idea to insist the government removed the sales tax on vegetable seeds finally. Uh, we don't tax food, so how do they ever get away with imposing the sales tax on uh, vegetable seeds in the first place? We're a strong voice altogether, and a lot of us, especially seniors, need to supplement our budget by growing some food, and every penny saved is precious. And gardening gets us out in the fresh air, too. Love your show all the time there, Elaine and Bob Cation. Good idea, huh? Very good idea. So, you know what? I, I love it. It's a very good point, and every penny counts. So a couple of suggestions. I, know, I did look it up, and she's absolutely right. Fully taxed, all landscape materials, including sod, seeds, and plants. So full HST on all of those items since 2010. Um, now, we can make that maybe an issue for CARP to take up because, uh-huh. of course, CARP represents senior citizens and, and tries to, I mean, obviously right now probably health matters are the biggest thing on CARP's plate, but um, and, but CARP is a sister organization uh, connected to us with in Zoomer Media. So that would be a suggestion. The other is I have a couple of phone numbers. If you wanted to register your complaints with the Ontario government, uh, it's a 
337-7222 or register your complaints with the federal government through the Canada Revenue Agency. It's a 1-800-959-5525. Okay, and for those of you who maybe missed uh, having a chance to write those numbers down, you can always go back to our podcasts, replay this show, which will be up in about uh, two or three days, and uh, get those numbers down that Charlie's just given. We do have to take a break here, Charlie, mm-hmm. but we'll come back to uh, take a little trip out to Mississauga. Esperanza waiting on the line here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, this Saturday morning, let's get out to Mississauga. Welcome in Esperanza online right now with a question for Charlie. Good morning. Good morning and Happy New Year, Charlie and Frankie. Thank you. Thank you. I I have really a big problem with my jade plants. In the summertime, they were thriving. It's got big leaves and everything. And I noticed this year the leaves are falling. So can you please tell me what I'm doing wrong? With a jade plant, uh, you're, probably jade plant over, yeah. you're probably overwatering. You know, every time I put my finger in, I notice the top is kind of dry, so I put a little bit of water. Yeah, bad idea. When we water plants, it, the, it's, it's not a question of how frequently we water, it's how thoroughly we water. So thorough watering is important, frequency is not. Uh, when it comes to jade plants, yes, the, there's a rule, and the rule is if you think it's the day to water your jade plants, wait one more week. Oh, Okay. Okay, and now, assuming that in your case, maybe it's wait two weeks, but when you do water, depending on the size of the pot, make sure you're watering with room temperature water and you're watering it so that the moisture actually goes right through the soil into the saucer below. And, you know, not a lot, but just so that you, you're, it's a thorough watering. And then, if possible, 10, 15 minutes later, if there's still water in the saucers below, dump that out and back into their hopefully full sun locations all right then thank you so much and you have a lovely weekend thank you you too thank you so very much uh esperanza um I'd like to uh, give your email number because a lot of folks listened last week when we said, hey, if you have a question uh, that can be handled via email, uh, and Mm -hmm. they took advantage of that. Here, if you want to send a question to Charlie, it's c.dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Let me deal with one right now. Alice McKinnon in Mount Hope talks about her bonsai plant here. Hi, Charlie. This is my husband's bonsai plant that I uh, bought for his birthday a couple of years ago, and I included a picture with my tomato plant behind it that's still producing flowers from the fall. It's my husband's joy every day, and the tomatoes are so tasty. The bonsai Mm -hmm. needs to be transplanted 
but we're having trouble getting the rocks and soil. Any suggestions other than Amazon? And I agree the plant from uh, way back that our mothers uh, had was a Gloxinia. Oh, she's commenting on, remember that question we had? Last uh, week. Yeah, uh, Glo- Gloxinia was what everybody's kind of talking about. And she sent along a picture, uh, and it looks pretty healthy to me. How about you? <clears throat> right. So it does look very healthy, but the note that I put beside this after I looked at the photograph, at the picture she sent, thank you, Alice, was bonsai, question mark. Okay, I'm not sure if you know what a bonsai is, Frank, but a bonsai is a, it's a certain art or technique of gardening where we impose very stringent control onto plants that are in very shallow, shallow containers, very shallow pots. And we, we, the, the plants are growing, but we force them to grow very, very slowly so that they're very dwarf. So they stay far smaller than they would naturally. And if you look at the picture that Alice sent, it, this is not a bonsai. This is a <laughs> one very happy chefleura. And, uh, it might be in a, in a, originally have come in a fairly shallow container, but they've obviously been, you know, caring for it, watering it, fertilizing all those things, and it's growing like stink. One of the big arts of bonsai is pruning. So there's a, and it's, it is an art. It's not just random shearing things back. It's really, really distinctive pruning for shape, for age, for storytelling. It's, it's actually pretty interesting, um, pretty interesting way to spend your, your time in bonsaiing plants. However, what should she do? I would give it up as a bonsai. I would just get yourself a pot that it looks like it might be in a pot that's about six or eight inches wide. So just, same width or diameter of pot. Just get one that's also six or eight inches tall and some fresh potting soil. You're in Mount Hope. And Mount Hope is near Newmarket, I believe. It's actually up sort of in your area, isn't it, Frank? Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, so I'm just trying to think what might be open up there. I mean, there's obviously curbside pickup from the Home Depots, the Lowe's, um, maybe even Canadian Tire, the Sheridans. I mean, there's a, there are some good garden centers up there. I always think of, is one called, I think it's called John's Perennials, or um, I can look that up and report back John's. John's Garden Center, I think it's called. Uh-huh. And that might be open for something like a curbside pickup. And they, he'll have everything. Okay, I'm just kind of racking my brain now and saying, wait a minute, Mount Hope. I'm thinking maybe Mount Albert, which is uh, very close to uh, Newmarket. Uh, uh, but I could uh, be well, wrong. I, I can't, and I can't get to the computer this morning. We've, oh. we've had a bit of a failure on one of our uh, pieces of equipment. I'm using another microphone. So if you're tuned in and maybe trying to view the show, you'll see that it's a lovely I, picture of the back of my head. I saw that. I've been watching you. Yeah, I know. Well, it's it's because I've, yeah. (laughs) I've had to move from one area to another. Near Hamilton. Okay, so near Hamilton. So, Terra Greenhouses is a big one, obviously, and I'm sure they have curbside pickup. Terra, T-E-R-R-A. And then there's a huge one right in Hamilton. Name is going to escape me. Anyway, I would, I, you know your, you, you know your garden centers. Just check them on the web or phone them. See if they're available for curbside pickup and then let them know what you want. But I would either do some research into how to take this plant back to being a bonsai and, and it's, it's a real art or, um, uh, just give it up. Let it grow. Let it grow as a beautiful <laughs> tropical because it does look very happy and healthy. Okay. Uh, hey, Charlie, we're going to take you back to an area where many, many years ago you spent some time in Guelph. <laughs> Jan is there, too. Good morning, Jan. Welcome to the show. Hello, Jan. Oh. Hello. 
Morning. There we are. That's me. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Something has gone awry here. Okay, hold on here. Oh, all right. Uh, so, it's now Neil on the line there. Oh. All right. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. How are you? Okay, fine. Thank you. Go morning, ahead. Neil. Good morning. Uh, I'm just up the street from you, actually, in Tweed, so... Lovely. Oh, okay. Nice place. It is beautiful this morning. It snowed overnight. Oh, we had rain. <laughs> uh, my question is uh, how to safely separate uh, glad- uh, dahlia tubers. Mm. So these are ones that you lifted out of the out of the garden in the, in the fall. Yeah. And right now they are stored. Yeah. I have I have them in uh, large boxes uh, covered in um, uh, sawdust. Oh yeah, good. Okay, and they're in a cool spot, obviously a frosty mm-hmm. cool spot. Mm-hmm. So how to safely? Well, okay. So you can when do you you've, these are t- uh, dahlias you've had for many years, or is this your first year storing them? No, no, I've had some for many years. Some are so large the um, the tubers that it, it fills one box. <laughs> So and you've never separated them. You've just kept no. replanting them. So when do you normally start them? Do you take them do you take them directly outside, I guess, once we're frost free and plant them outdoors? Has that been your your, your way? Yeah. Because you can it, I mean, you probably have a lot of dahlias. You can start dahlias indoors if you have enough room and enough pots to do this, so that they are growing a little more ahead of the schedule you have by taking them out in, you know, late April or May. Um so and what I would do, you can separate them at, at any point just prior to the planting out, but I would separate them with a very sharp knife, and it's quite obvious where to separate them. They're, they're like fingers almost, like the, the way they grow, and all you, you need is where the little, how do I explain it? <laughs> There's probably good terminology for this. Uh, sharp knife, but let wherever you do that wounding with the knife, wherever you do that severing, of the ending up with multi tubers instead of just one, let those cut faces that you've severed dry in the air. It can certainly be a cool spot, but in the air, exposed for at least 24 hours before you plant out. So that's why I would do that at whenever, just prior to the planting out, I would do my, my severing and separating. So doing it now is not a good idea? Not really, because... Um, I mean, I get it that you kind of like to get to have something to do, probably, and the idea of, of having something to do at this time of year and when it comes to gardening is always a joy. Um, I, I can double-check that. Um, it's been a many years since I tried to save dahlias. Now, I shouldn't say try. I did save dahlias, but um, they do. It's having that right winter storage that makes all the difference. So mm-hmm. let me... Um, I can let me report back, or actually, might even be no. Let me report back right after we have a break. So keep listening. Okay. Yeah, good for stuff. sure. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Neil. Yep, hang tight. We'll uh, have Charlie do the research there uh, momentarily. Um, I have another email that I'd like to deal with, and this is from Julia. Uh, good morning. I'm listening to you from the Ottawa Valley. Uh, she says, "Will garlic mature for autumn harvest if planted in the spring?" Yeah. So, good question. And Yes, it will, but two things. If you're going to plant garlic in the spring, make sure you get quality bulbs, not just the ones at the grocery store, because the ones at the grocery store are not quality bulbs for growing. They might taste fine, but they're not good growing bulbs. So you have to do a little bit of research online to find a quality bulb supplier in the spring, because traditionally all garlic garlic for, for growing 
is planted in the fall. If you do plant in the spring, you will be uh, harvesting in the fall, but remember that they will not be as large of bulbs. They'll be smaller. And and honestly, you know how when you, a garlic um, bulb is made up of multi-cloves and we break it apart? Well, you would know, Frank, because yeah. your favorite food oh, is yeah. spaghetti and garlic and butter, right? You got it. So, <laughs> so you know how when you, you break into a garlic big bulb, it's made up of all those little individual cloves. So when we grow garlic, we break up the bulb and we plant cloves, individual cloves. Mm. If you plant in the spring those individual cloves, you'll find in the fall that's what you've got. You've got bigger cloves. You don't actually have bigger bulbs. Like you don't have full bulbs. So planting in the spring, it's almost worth leaving those cloves. Don't harvest in the fall. Leave them for the winter, and then they'll be in the ground for a year plus, like a year and a year and a few months. So if you plant it in April, you'll harvest the following, like July. So you know, a year, fifteen months later, and then you'll be harvesting actual cloves. Um, I have found a couple of good websites for anybody who's a garlic fan. In Toronto, there's the Toronto Garlic Festivals, which and their website is togarlicfest.ca. Mm-hmm. Every September, it's a huge festival. Of course, it was a virtual festival this past September, but still a great source for great garlic. And another one I found, I'd never heard of this, called John Boy Farms. John Boy Farms is out of Manitoba, and they specialize in garlic, and their website is Garlic seed, one word, garlicseed.ca. Okay. Um, by the way, Julia added a little note here. Remember last week we had uh, one listener, I can't remember the name right now. But yeah, I, I've they, got it. Oh, oh it, yeah. It was, so, it was so funny. I just pulled that name right out of the hat there. It was Carol calling from Aiden. She was trying to, trying to get me to help her identify a plant from her childhood that had fuzzy leaves, tulip-shaped yeah. flowers, and a peppery scent. And a lot of people have commented on that. In mm-hmm. fact, Julie went on to say in her note that uh, many decades ago, she worked at Humber Nurseries, and she would have suggested Gloxinia as well. Right. So I know. I, I'm like, I was pretty impressed with myself, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of Gloxinia in a very long time, and it's a very lovely plant. So I think we need to start writing letters to the growers and say, where are the Gloxinia? We want them. You got it. Okay, we have to take another little break here, Charlie. So relax or run to the kitchen there at your uh, lovely home in Prince Edward County. And we'll come on back with more goodies for you here on The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing. And she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, once again, we're going to go back to our phone lines here, where uh, Charlie, Diane is calling in, uh, maybe just around the corner here. Uh, Good morning, Diane. Welcome to the show. Hello, Diane. Hello? Yes, go ahead, dear. Oh, hi. It's Diane from Toronto. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I have a agapanthus Mm -hmm. um, in pot, and I bring it into the garage every winter. I've been doing that for the last five or six years. Mm -hmm. My question is... Do I water it over the winter while is it's it, in the garage? 
Is there any uh, windows in your garage? No. No, so it's in pitch black? Yes. Uh, so, and you've, like you said, you've been doing this for the last four or five years. Yeah. Have, have you watered in the past at no. all? I have not, no. Yeah. I th- my impulse would be to say no. I mean, it's, it's a fine line. Mm. You're more likely to kill the agapanthus with too much water than kill it with too little water. Mm-hmm. So that's why the, my impulse would be to say, you know, err on the side of underwatering rather than overwatering. Um, we would typically provide some water in the winter if the plant was getting some light because it would be more active and awake as opposed to being in the dark where it would go completely dormant. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I notice it takes uh, some time to get established once I bring it out. Yeah, winter, again, it's one of those things that, you know, we can go completely dormant, we can go semi-dormant, or we can keep mm. these things actually growing as houseplants inside our houses if we have enough light and enough room for them to mm. not go so so asleep over, the, you know, in the, in the right. dark days of winter. Okay. All right, well, I guess I'll continue doing that. Thanks so yeah. much for your help. You're welcome, but do give us some fertilizer when you're waking it up in the spring. Yes. Just one. Perfect. Thank okay. you. Thanks okay, for Diane. calling. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, by the way, uh, Charlie, I'm looking out the window here from the Zoomerplex onto Liberty Street in downtown Toronto. Beautiful skies, uh, a lot of blue. How about you out there in Prince Edward County? What's it like? No, we're all overcast and pretty gloomy. Oh, <laughs> but uh, let ahead. me just go back to Neil, who called about his dahlia tubers. Yeah. So the thing you can sever or separate dahlia tubers in the spring or the fall. Some Many people will do that separating or, um, you know, taking apart the dahlia tubers in the fall just because they get so huge that, of course, by breaking them down into smaller pieces in the fall, you don't have to store so much material. Um, you know, Neil mentioned that one of them is so big it takes up an entire box. So he hasn't done that severing in the fall do it in the spring when you're getting ready to start to take them out to grow them outside. There's some amazing information on the web just by simply <clears throat> Googling dividing dahlias Canada. There's a bunch of YouTube videos. The main thing is, is that wherever there's a tuber, and the tubers are the big swollen bits, make sure that every tuber has an eye as part of the chunk that you are going to replant and grow a plant from. So just because there's a tuber doesn't mean there's an eye on the tuber or near the tuber. So you you can't just plant a tuber and expect something to grow. There must be that little raised bump, which is what we call the eye, and that eye must be on one or more larger pieces of tuber and there, remember, there will definitely be more tubers than there are eyes. So there will be some compostable material that you're not going to even bother growing because you have to really look closely. And that's where you have to wash off. Like You've got to get all that soil off of those tubers to really be able to see what you're doing. So you're going to wash them off, dry them off, and then a sharp knife. Whoops. Hello. Uh, sorry, I'm, oh. uh, did you, I'm, I'm here. Are you there? Okay, yeah. I'm. We lost you momentarily, but oh. you're, you're there fine now. Uh, oh, and we're going to uh, go to um, Jane, uh, no way, sorry, Carol in Aden. I think this might be the lovely lady who is dealing with some uh, questions regarding a, a favorite flower from, uh, yeah. from the past. Hiya, Carol. Good welcome, morning, welcome Frank. Back. Good morning, Charlie. Yes, you're right. My ears are burning here. <laughs> they, it was a Gloxinia when I looked it up. 
Um, but I was confused on one thing. It talked about them being an annual or a pre- perennial. And one kind of, as if it was from a seed that you would buy to put in your garden outside, and one that was more of a house plant. So I wondered if you had any light to shed on that at all? No, see, this is where gardening and garden research gets so frustrating. Probably what what is the difference is that this is what we would consider a tropical plant. So right. if we put Gloxinia outside in the summer and left it outside all winter, it would die. So it would be identified as an annual for that reason. Right. If we lived in Florida and we put a Gloxinia outside and we left it out all winter, it would survive. So we would consider it a perennial in that okay. situation. So I okay. think that might be what's going on. Okay. Well, I thank you for your help and, and all the listeners that were... Yeah, had their had their memory stirred too. That's good. But Frank, yep. what about yeah. another another uh, tag to go along with Charlie's class? Oh, join yeah. join the movement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Soil your underpants. Yeah. Well, well yeah, I, I thought I had that in there. Don't be a party pooper. Join the soil your underpants movement. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> very good. All right. I'm writing this all down. Thanks, guys. Okay. <laughs> we're getting down and dirty here on the uh, Garden Show on a Saturday morning. We're coming back with more questions, and we'll do an email uh, we've received, or you have received in any case, Charlie, from Patricia Cunningham Ward in Bradford. So hang in for that. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, nice to have you along with uh, Charlie and I this morning on Zoomer Radio. I had, as I indicated, Charlie, an email from Patricia Cunningham Ward in Bradford, and she sent you a pic of an Abraham Darby Rose, but I loved her opening. She says, I'm new to your radio programs. Greatly appreciate you and Frank. I know you only allow one question per week, so perhaps you could answer the second question on another program. I've done does that, uh, Patricia. I've printed it off and saved it for another show. In any case, here comes the first one. She says, I purchased four different roses last summer. They all get the same treatment. All have lots of sun. We rent a house on the very edge of Bradford, all on Marsh. So there's beautiful black soil. Three have thrived, but the Abraham Darby rosebush has vigorous growth, stems and leaves, and buds and blossoms forming. The nice sales lady said it's her favorite rose, so it should be capable of so five. The first buds and blossoms were beautiful, but thereafter all the buds and blossoms turned brown and lost their pink and look ugly. So I'd cut them off and let them fall to the ground, hoping the next blooms would improve. They didn't. Only twice I saw two little green, what might have been worms, so I picked them off, didn't see any more. Now I'm worried that I might have contaminated the soil for next year, the rose or other flowers around it. What should I do from here? Hmm. Good question. So the little green caterpillars or larvae 
are quite a pest of roses. They they do like some roses more than others, so it just might be that Abraham Darby is a, one of their favorites. And uh, you'll know you've got, it's, they're called rose sawflies. So one word, S-A-W-F-L-I-E-S. You'll know you've got sawflies on your roses because they're they're completely camouflaged, so they're, they're little green um, caterpillars, exact same color as the leaves, but they eat from the edges or the margins of the leaves. So when you're looking at your roses, there they are, beautiful oval leaves, and then you look again and you go, what's going on? The leaves aren't so oval anymore. And you get up a little bit closer and you realize that there's actually an insect that's chewing from the edge into the center of the leaf, and there it is, right lying right in there, completely camouflaged. So um, when you start to see this kind of issue or any issue, because, I mean, I love roses, but I do uh, keep an eye on my roses. So I I visit them every day in season. And of course, season starts in spring and runs right through till Christmas some years. I visit them. I look closely at them. I watch for the sawflies. If I see them, I squish them. So you peel them off and squish them. Um, I do fertilize roses in the spring. Of course, I prune roses in the spring, prune them for open shape. So you've got good sun penetration and good air circulation, and you will have happier, healthier roses. Which takes me to what you commented there. Uh, um, uh, sorry, was it Patricia? <laughs> yes. Um, what you said about uh, doing some pruning and then dropping to the ground. Never, never, never with any plants, but particularly roses, never drop plant material onto the ground in the area of the plants. Uh, this is a plant, and all plants really, but roses particularly, are plants where we practice good garden hygiene. Good garden hygiene means no dead plant material anywhere on the ground near the plants. So if leaves turn yellow and drop off, if we do any pruning, Whatever happens there, it's always removed and always stuck into the composter. So, because we, again, we encourage diseases when we allow, um, foliage to drop on the, the surface because naturally fungal diseases and organisms will come and start chewing up all that vegetation. But that's the last thing we want happening right around the roses. We want the roses nice and clear and dry. Mulch is a great idea around roses as well. So I would not be worried about contaminating the soil. Don't worry about that. Um, don't pull out the rose bush. Uh, don't give up on it at all. Just leave it alone. Assuming it's in six hours plus direct sunlight every day, it's got good wind and air moving around it, and you are prepared. Now, when I say fertilize in the spring, you can go to the store and buy a rose food, or just make sure you've got some good quality compost, some composted manure, some, you know, good, something that really supplements the soil, and you want a very fertile soil around your roses for them to really, really thrive. And then just stay on top of it. Like I said, visit them every day. If you can't get those little soft lives picked off by hand, then uh, a soap solution, you know, a safer soap or making up a 40 to 1, not detergent, but soap and water solution with a little bit of cooking oil in it and spraying on the roses, not in the middle of the day when the sun is on the roses, but very early in the day or late in the day. Okie dokie. Um, we're going to take you back to or over to an area where I'm very, always very familiar with, the Niagara Peninsula, when I was a morning man at CKTB down there in St. Catharines, uh, a small community on the uh, outer skirts, uh, if you will, of St. Catharines, Virgil. They always had the Virgil Stampede. It was always <laughs> such great fun to go to. Anyway, Joy is on the line from that wonderful little community, Virgil. Good morning, Joy. 
Good morning, Frank. Good to talk to you again. Thank you. And good morning to Charlie, too. Good morning. Uh, We always have a good time listening to you in the mornings. Thank you. (laughs) I want to take you either into the past or into the future and talk about cucumbers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last year I grew successfully two cucumbers. Didn't look pretty, but we planted them in the garden, and they became very nice plants. Mm -hmm. Everything was going fine. Lovely cucumbers. My son came over, and I think he took about 12 home, and he said, my cucumbers aren't doing so well, you know. They were fine. Then they got these little spots. Now they're just disappearing. Well, wouldn't you know, a week and a half later, same thing happened to mine. The leaves would be mottled, okay? Mm -hmm. So it looked like somebody had taken, oh, something to make white spots on them. Mm -hmm. And then you'd turn around, and next thing you knew, they were all dried up and falling Mm -hmm. off, and the whole plant got it. No matter what I used, I used a couple of safer um, mixtures, and nothing did it. So can you help me? Right. So what's going on there is two things. There is an insect. It's called a striped cucumber beetle. And they emerge from the soil because they overwinter in the soil uh, mid to late May. And they lay eggs in the soil at the base of your cucumber crops. Mm -hmm. The eggs hatch, you know, early June. So, you know, just when the cucumber plants are starting to take off, the eggs hatch. And the larvae feed on roots and underground parts of the stems. After a couple of weeks, the larvae pupate, so they go become little cocoons. And then the beetles emerge, and the beetles fly up and start doing a little bit of damage to the plant. So they start chewing on the leaves of the plant. Typically, cucumber beetles carry diseases on them. And your plant, ultimately, your cucumber plants ultimately die from something called cucumber wilt. It's a real problem. Oh, okay. Uh, it was at the end of the comment. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say I, it's uh, the only way I know to con- to really control and keep the cucumber beetles off of the cucumbers is with something called floating row covers. So what you would do is almost like cheesecloth. Okay, you know what, Charlie? We're fresh yeah. out of time. We, we are. are. Yeah, we're bang up against the next show here, which, of course, is Dave's Corner Garage, starring Steve Allen and Dave, <laughs> and whoever guests they've, they've wrangled to come into the studio. In the meantime, uh, thanks for uh, doing all the hard work out there in uh, your beautiful home in Prince Edward County. Thanks, Frank. Thanks for doing all your hard work there at the station. I hope it wasn't too stressful. <laughs> thanks, Carlos. Thanks to all the callers. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So... Can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.